BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of With Wit is brought to you by Milk. Love what's real. Real dairy milk has long been at the center of everything from weeknight dinners to family milestones. It's wholesome, simple, and affordable, and it enhances some of life's most loved moments. One of the original farm-to-table foods, milk has nutrition that's hard to find in other single foods or beverages. In fact, it's the top food source of three of the nutrients most likely to be lacking in kids' diets, calcium, vitamin D, and potassium. Visit MilkLife.com to learn more. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. As a new mom, I have so many questions about everything from what's normal in terms of development to how to manage Sonny's behaviors to what I should be feeding him, especially because he is so picky. I feel like I'm just Googling too many things and not getting the most reliable answers. So that's why I'm so excited to have Dr. Tanya Altman here today to chat about child nutrition. Moms all across the country are in the throes of one of the busiest seasons of the year, back to school. And with hectic schedules, after school activities, and picky kids, it's not easy to be sure your kids are eating and drinking everything they should be every day. Dr. Tanya is a best-selling author, local pediatrician, American Academy of Pediatrics parenting book author, and parenting expert, not to mention a mom to three boys. So I can't wait to pick her brain about how she makes sure her kids are getting what they need to grow strong without stress. Welcome, Dr. Tanya. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited you are here. I can't believe you have three boys. I do, and my house is very active and and fun. (laughs) Yes. So how old are they? So they are 14, 12, and then a little bit of a gap. I have a four-year-old. Oh my gosh, amazing. So it's been fun to start over, and I get to be the oldest mom in preschool. I mean, I feel like that's a good thing, though. Everybody probably wants to be your friend. (laughs) So I have so many questions for you today. One of the biggest things I want to talk about is snacking. Sonny is super picky. He doesn't have the largest appetite. And so for me, it can be a little bit stressful because one of the most rewarding things as a mom is to see your kid eating and to know that they're getting the right nutrients in order to help them feel good and strong and grow. He is upset 
obsessed with snacks, you know, but you don't want to go overboard on the snacks because then they're not necessarily eating the three square meals that you want them to have. And so I just want to talk about how important child nutrition is. You know, how do you determine what your kids need and how moms can make sure their kids are getting them, especially when you're so busy. And right now with kids going back to school, I mean, you have three kids going back to various schools, various grades with different needs. So just letting us know what your general thoughts on child nutrition is, you know, for all the stages. Sure. And I mean, you're right. My boys are in all different stages right now, which is really fun and can also be challenging, especially when, you know, if one's a little more picky and one's right. a little more adventurous. Right. And so in general, there there is, you know, basic nutrition that all kids, that everyone, you know, needs, especially kids that are growing and developing. You know, those, those little brains and bodies need even more nutrients, whether it's protein, calcium, vitamin D, fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, you know, all of that in their diet throughout the day. That said, some kids love snacking and it's okay if their snacks are actually many nutritious meals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes I tell parents, you know, don't worry about what you call it, worry about more what you give them. Okay. And so maybe a mid-morning snack or an after-school snack is going to be a healthy meal for your child and and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So in terms of snacks we want to avoid is just the like all day long snacking of you know, non-nutrient rich foods. Right. So like um, crackers shaped like animals. Sometimes when parents come into my office and I'll, you know, say, you know, what kinds of vegetables is your child eating? And they'll say, oh, we're eating vegetable puffs. And I look at them and I go, you know, that's not really a true vegetable. Right. So, you know, getting back to the basics, whole foods, foods without labels, foods with fewer ingredients, Mm -hmm. or sort of, you know, the best what you want in your child's diet. Mm -hmm. And then um, some kids will eat all their nutrition, you know, by after afternoon snack and then they won't want dinner. And that might be okay if they've had everything they need already in the day. Yeah, that's interesting because my husband is always like, I don't want to force Sonny to eat. If he's satisfied and he feels like he's got the nutrients he needs, then let's not force it, which I agree with. But it's so hard, like I was saying, as a mom to sit there and watch him like just play with his food when I feel like he's going to bed on an empty stomach, even though every night we're still giving him a bottle of whole milk. So I do know that he's getting that, if not, you know, anything else. But it, it is, it's really hard to know what they need. Some kids can start on more lumpy foods or pieces, you mm-hmm. know, take it easy. You want to make sure there's no choking hazards, but nothing's really off limits anymore other than raw honey for the little ones. Right. You can feed a six-month-old um, peanut butter oatmeal. You mm-hmm. can feed them pureed or smashed salmon. You can feed them scrambled eggs. You can feed them whole milk organic yogurt is something that I love giving babies at six months of age. The new um, research is really suggesting that you want to get healthy foods in early, especially those allergic type foods like the big eight, Mm -hmm. like the dairy and the soy and the eggs and the nuts, not whole nuts, but nut butters and the fish and the shellfish. And um, that can help their body get used to it so they will decrease their chance of developing food allergies later in life. Got it. Okay. So do you believe that by giving them all of these different kinds of healthy amazing foods at six months that it develops their palate more and they will then like those foods more because I tried to do that. I tried to give Sunny all the healthiest options, right? The salmon, the avocado, um, you know, mixing greens and smoothies, doing all these different things, really soft broccoli, soft steamed carrots, and, and he ate it all. And now 
it's like all he wants are things that are white. So is this just like what I'm going to have to deal with? What, what are some of the ways that I can bring some of these healthier options back in? So I love that you did everything right early on. And that's what my What to Feed Your Baby book is all about. Mm -hmm. And that actually did set him up for a foundation of healthy eating because his brain knows what real good food tastes like. But what happens is kids get a little older and they go to preschool or a birthday party and they get their first taste of, you know, white bread and Mm -hmm, cake and -hmm, chicken nuggets and mm -hmm. things that don't taste like real food should be. And it wakes up their brain to like, oh my gosh, these are new flavors and this is super exciting. And so they will naturally prefer that. You know, if someone put chocolate cake by your bed every night and you got used to eating it, of course you would want that. Right. When Um, you're not concerned about your weight, like, babies aren't, of course they're going to choose the chocolate cake over the steamed broccoli. Right. However, because he knows what the real food tastes like, and that's the foundation you set up for him, he will go back to it even if he's a little picky right now. So I would say, you know, as you mentioned before, you can't force a child to eat. In fact, I always say there's three things you can't force a child, especially a toddler or preschooler to do, and that's eat, go to sleep, and poop on the body. And so your job as a parent is to provide healthy choices. Mm -hmm. So as long as you are showing him the healthy foods, you're getting him involved in the kitchen, going to the farmer's market and grocery shopping, he's seeing you eat the healthy foods. He will get back to it. Um, The other thing that helps is making your house like a safe zone. So in your house, you don't have a lot of those, you know, white, more fun foods that he might like. Right. um, Because those might be once in a while foods when you go out. But in your house, you want to have the real whole foods, the fruit fruits, the vegetables, the whole grain, the dairy products. I love that you're giving him whole milk, you said. Yes. I mean, I think a lot of parents don't realize the important nutrition in milk. Actually, half of kids age nine and up don't get enough calcium, vitamin D, and potassium in their diet. Right. And simply by giving them the milk that you're doing, that can really add a lot of important nutrition, especially during those growing years. Well, that is what I feel so good about, knowing that even if he's not eating a meal that is, you know, has all of the nutrients that he needs, I know that he's still getting those two bottles of milk a day that's helping him grow and helping him feel satisfied. So, That leads me to another question, which is something I feel a little bit insecure about. He's two years old and I am still giving him two bottles of whole milk, which I know it's not the milk that's the problem. It's that I'm giving him bottles. I'm giving him one before nap time and then one before bedtime. And it is a really you know, nice moment for us. It's a bonding experience. It's this quiet time that I have with him before he goes to sleep. And I don't really want to give it up, but I know a lot of other moms out there are a little bit like judgmental about giving babies bottles that are two years old, not necessarily babies anymore. So what's your opinion on the whole bottle situation? Sure. So I do think that now that he's two, it Mm -hmm. is time to start weaning the bottle. But, you know, don't worry about what other people think. You know, do what's right for for your family. Mm -hmm. But there's other ways that you can have that bonding time. I mean, maybe you get him a straw cup that he likes or a sippy cup. A lot of the bottle companies actually make interchangeable sippy cups. So you can actually just take the the nipple out, put the sippy cup spout in, Uh and it still looks like a bottle, but it's actually a sippy cup. And then after a few weeks, you can change out the bottom so it's the bottle, and then you can add the straw cup on top. Yeah. And there's a lot of creative ways to sort of transition them. You can also give him an open cup, even though I know it sounds a little messy. Yeah, sounds scary. <laughs> it is something that, again, he thought that he's two, you know, he can learn how to drink out of. Right. But I think, you know, the 
the milk in the evening routine is really nice. Like my kids, um, you know, often they will eat dinner earlier before my husband comes home from work. And so mm-hmm. then when dad comes home, he'll sit down and eat dinner and my kids will have a glass of milk and fruit. Right. And As we'll like a do, dessert. Exactly. And we'll uh-huh. do cheers and we'll have the milk and we'll make it fun. And that's they can cute. choose, you know, if they want a colored straw or what cup. And I know that straws are kind of a big topic right now. You go to a lot of restaurants and they're like, you oh, have to ask for it. We don't serve straws anymore. Yes. And I'm totally in favor of, you know, helping the environment. But often two-year-olds do need straws. And so I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I usually tell moms, one of my tips is just put some straws in your bag. That way you have them when you're out and about. Right. And you need them or you don't want your child to spill in the middle of a restaurant. Right, right, right. So then if he's not necessarily getting those two bottles before nap time and bedtime, and let's say I start weaning off the nap time one and then eventually I wean off the nighttime one, how else will he get his milk? Am I just supposed to be serving him milk with his meals or as, you know, something to drink in between meals? Like, I want to make sure that milk is still a regular part of his diet because I do feel like that is one of the driving forces behind him staying so healthy. But how do you recommend giving kids their milk? Definitely. And, you know, there has been some great research recently when you look at kids who um, drink dairy milk or who drink, you know, milk-based alternatives, often with the alternatives, um, they are not reaching their full adult height potential. So I love that you are still giving him, you mm-hmm. know, milk twice a day, two cups, which mm-hmm. is recommended for his age group. Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways you can do it. I mean, I, in the morning, if I'm making my kids oatmeal or if I'm making um, healthy pancakes mm-hmm. or, um, you know, whatever I'm making, I often include the milk in the what I'm cooking. Right. So if the pancake recipe calls for water, I'll often throw a cup of milk in, and that way I know they're getting eight extra grams of protein. Um, I'll okay. also usually put eggs, and I think eggs are also great in the morning for mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Or you could serve a glass of milk on the side of your meals. Right. So usually I say milk with meals, water with snacks, but some people prefer to drink milk with snacks, and that's okay as long as you're getting the nutrition in during the day. Okay, got it. And now a little break to hear from our sponsor. The pharmacy can be a little bit intimidating when it comes to buying tampons. I know when I go, there are so many options, so many different things to read and can kind of be like a embarrassing scenario being there purchasing it. Although it should not be, I agree. But I wanted to tell you guys about a modern approach to feminine care called Lola that is a really, really, really amazing female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. Their founders are Joanna Care and Alexandra Friedman, and they started the company with a simple and kind of obvious idea that women should not have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. They ask themselves, if we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, why shouldn't the same be true of our feminine care products, which is so logical. Unlike other major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. There's no BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going on in your body. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. So whether you have a light period, regular, heavy, you can really decide for yourself which ones you get. They will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. A big thing to point out is that the FDA does not require brands to disclose a list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them actually don't. Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. 
kind of icky to think about how major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester, and that their products may also be treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents, fragrance, and dyes. Ugh. Um, Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. So I was telling you a little bit about customizing your boxes. They make your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of box, sorry, number of boxes and frequency of delivery. Their subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip or cancel your subscription at any time. Lola also offers cleansing wipes now that are amazing, really good for on the go, especially in these hot summer days, and they're safe to use anywhere on your body. They are the first biodegradable, all-natural wipe of their kind, perfect for a little midday refresh. They're individually packaged and gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic. Also, When you guys are purchasing and using Lola, you're doing good with your purchase. For every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. Here is what we can offer you guys. For 40% off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter with wit when you subscribe. Again, for 40% off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter with wit when you subscribe. And now back to the conversation. What about kids or family members that have a lactose intolerance? I know that that is something I read that your husband has, my husband has a lactose intolerance. What are some of the substitutes that we can keep in the house so that they're still getting the dairy they need? So there are plenty of lactose-free dairy milks available. Mm -hmm. You know, I find that a lot of people also, you know, think they're lactose intolerant, but if they, you know, they can still enjoy milk in smaller amounts okay, um, or if it's cooked or baked or things like that. But of course, if there is a milk that, you know, your husband prefers, if you look at my refrigerator, we have like five types of milk in it. <laughs> my I'm kind of like that too. Definitely. And I'm like, whatever kind you want. Yeah. So, you know, I used to be really focused on, um, you know, whole milk for the age one to two. And then the recommendations changed if you have a family history of high cholesterol Mm -hmm. or um, overweight or obesity, Mm -hmm. then 2% might be better. And I always Mm -hmm. say, talk to your own pediatrician about this. And then over age two, 1% are non-fat milk because it Mm -hmm. has essentially the same nutrition, the same protein, calcium and vitamin D. It just doesn't have as much fat that a lot of kids don't need. And then instead you can put in healthy forms of fat such as avocado and salmon and nuts. But you know what? Sometimes, and my kids always teach me different things, my 12-year-old will only drink whole milk. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. Right, So right. he has his whole milk. My husband has his non-fat lactose-free milk. Yeah. My um, youngest likes um, also whole milk, but also low-fat chocolate milk sometimes. Oh, I mean, who doesn't love chocolate milk? that's actually something that I'm okay with. You know, flavored yes. milk still provides good nutrition. Mm-hmm. I'm always talking to the school districts about how flavored milk is actually an appropriate option for kids, especially with school lunches. Oh, really? Because it's so much healthier than juices right. and other types of, you know, beverages, mm-hmm. sweet tasting beverages that kids might drink. Right. It's actually a great um, muscle and exercise recovery drink. A lot of professional athletes will drink chocolate milk oh, wow. after they work out really hard because it has that good ratio of carbohydrates mm-hmm. and protein and calcium and vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different options. And right. we also make a lot of smoothies in our house now, which Same. a lot of families do. And so parents in my office will say, you know, my kids love smoothies. And I'll say, well, what do you put in it? And they'll say like, oh, well, I use water 
powder and then this and that and this protein powder. I'm like, you know, you could just use milk and Greek yogurt and get natural protein mm -hmm. in and that's mm -hmm. so much healthier. Naturally occurring is, is always best. Mm -hmm. So um, instead of making that mac and cheese with water, you know, make it with milk. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's how my family operates. One, I was going to say when you were saying the thing about chocolate milk, I was obsessed with chocolate milk when I was pregnant. I was drinking it every single day. And I would tell myself, you know, don't think about the sugar. Don't think about the chocolate. Like you're drinking milk. This is good for the baby. And I just, you know, it would satisfied me in a way nothing else did. So yes, huge fan of chocolate milk. Also, we make a lot of smoothies in our house. Like one of my favorite smoothie recipes is whole milk, plain yogurt, whole milk, plain yogurt, a banana, some spinach, a half avocado, a little bit of cinnamon, and I think that's it. And it's delicious. And it's so easy to make. And those are usually all things that you have in your house all the time. So Sunny loves that. And it's a really good way to hide the spinach behind all the, the other like sweeter fruits. Definitely. And something that, um, a tip that a dietitian friend just gave me, which I've been trying is frozen zucchini Ooh. and carrots Ooh. steamed and frozen. If you add them to the smoothies, you can't even taste them. Oh my God, good and to know. And berries are a great way, banana too, as you mentioned, yeah. to cover up other flavors too. So if I put strawberries in the smoothie, um, sometimes blueberries, pretty much anything else I put in, my, my kids are cool. With. They won't even know. Right. So what about families that are vegan, you know, that have an issue with drinking whole milk? What do you tell them to do? Or, or how do you feel about that? So definitely, and I do have <laughs> have a variety of families in my practice that have, you know, different um, traditions and beliefs, whether it's cultural or ways that they were raised or ways that the parents just feel better eating. Mm -hmm. And I try to support, you know, all, all types of nutrition. And really mm -hmm. my goal as a pediatrician is to just make sure that kids are getting the proper nutrition. Right. So I'll say, what do you eat in your house? Do you have any restrictions? Let's go through the day. And, you know, what I find often is that a lot of parents, even though they feel that they're, they are making the best health decisions for themselves, mm -hmm. don't realize that kids might need different nutrition than mm -hmm. parents. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that you can't raise a vegan or vegetarian, you know, baby or toddler, but it's very challenging and you have to make sure they're getting all that proper nutrition in. Mm -hmm. So we will try all other forms of things. But sometimes if you have a child that is um, very picky, that won't eat vegetables, yes. or that's allergic to nuts mm -hmm. or eggs, you know, it may be, well, the eggs would be for vegetarian, but it may be more challenging to be vegan or vegetarian. Um, right. But we will look at all the different types of alternatives and try to figure it out. But one thing I like to really remind all parents is when you go to the dairy aisle, it's very confusing in this country because we have a very loose definition of milk. When you go right. to other countries, it's much more clearly defined. And they'll say like, this is an almond beverage. Um, this is a coconut beverage. You know, this is milk and milk means dairy with this mm -hmm. amount of protein and nutrition. And mm -hmm. here, anything can be called milk, which is a whole nother conversation because I'm very into label transparency and I yes. want parents to know what they're buying. Right. So I love watching moms in the grocery store and they're reading labels and they're looking and it can be very confusing. So I always say, you know, you want to look at the protein content. You want to look at the number of ingredients. And a lot of parents will see on the cover of a dairy alternative, it might say like 30% more calcium. Um, and they'll assume that means 30% healthier. Right. But then when they flip it over, they show me a picture in the office, I'll say, look, there's only one gram of protein. So 
I'm not saying that you can't give your child this milk substitute, but there's one gram of protein and only 100 calories. So when you compare that to a cup of whole milk that has, you know, eight or nine grams of protein, that may be the reason why your child isn't growing Mm. because they're not getting enough calories. They're not getting enough good nutrition, despite all the great fruits and vegetables you're giving them and all your good intentions. Right. So let's take a look and talk about, you know, other things that we can give them Mm -hmm. to ensure that they grow and that their brain develops and they get all the nutrients they need. Right. And sometimes we'll figure that out with different alternatives for that specific family that really wants to be vegan. And then I'll have some families that say, you know what? I didn't realize I could just give my child, you know, a cup of milk or two eggs in the morning and they would get the nutrition they need. And then we can still pack in all those vegetables and everything else we want during the day. And I'll say that's great, especially during the growing years. And as they get older, you know, they can make their own decisions. Right. Just those small changes make such a big difference. It's crazy to think that one or two cups of milk and then a couple eggs really can change someone's... You know, and small changes always make a difference. Even at the opposite end, you know, if I'm working with a family that maybe is overweight and they don't realize, you know, how many extra calories of food they're getting that aren't nutrition and just sort of fun calories. And then when you really go through the day, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize we were eating that many sweets, that many, drinking that many, you know, carbonated sugar beverages that Mm -hmm. didn't have nutrition. And by swapping it out for, you know, something really simple like, you know, flavored milk at lunch instead Mm -hmm. of a soda Mm -hmm. or yogurt instead of, you know, a bag of chips, like we can get so much more nutrition into our kids. Right. And that can change their overall health and their cholesterol and- And happiness. Yes, exactly. Because that all plays a part. I mean, when they're, when, you're giving them what their body needs in terms of nutrients, I feel like it does change their brain chemistry, right? Or am I crazy to think that? You are not crazy. (laughs) I mean, I think everything plays a role in, you know, a child's mood. Mm -hmm. And I'm really big on brain health these days. So that Mm -hmm. means making sure kids get enough sleep, Mm -hmm. nutrition, exercise, that they have mindfulness and downtime. They're not spending too much time on screens. And all of that is so important for a life of good health and disease prevention. Right. Okay. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm like storing all this in my brain. I should be taking notes. I hope all you guys are taking notes out there. I want to go back to some snacking ideas. I want to talk about kind of in your family, what some snacks look like, some things that I can easily keep in my pantry or in my fridge for Sunny to snack on, as well as, this is a two-part question, some lunch ideas for Sunny. He just started going to a portable classroom, which is a school at someone's house with five other kids. We need to pack him lunch now, and so we need to think about cold lunch options because usually at home we're making him something fresh, like a chicken burger or heating up leftovers from the night before, and so now I have to think about all new ideas for lunches. So yeah, I want to just pick your brain on some healthy snacks we can keep in the house and then also some good lunch ideas. So fruits and vegetables are always great snack ideas and you can cut them up. And if you have them in the contain in a container already cut up in the refrigerator, it makes it much more likely that everyone in the house is going to eat it. Okay. So when you, when I open my fridge, um, my mom comes over and loves it. She laughs because I just have tons and tons of glass containers with all these oh different things Oh my God, I need to see a picture of your fridge. I am so envious of people that have fridges that are so organized where everything is cut up and already in the glass containers. Ugh. I didn't say it was organized. You know, I am a working mom, <laughs> but I only have time to cook like twice a week. So I do massive mm. amounts and then we eat like leftovers every day. And luckily my family's okay with that. So great snack the options could be, you know, cut up carrots and hummus, mm-hmm. you know, dipping in, dipping um, cut up cucumbers, any vegetables that they like into hummus. My four-year-old actually loves dipping anything into hummus 
If I make a sandwich with anything in it, as long as he can dip it into hummus, he will eat it. Really? <laughs> I need to get Sunny into hummus. Hummus is so good for him. So we'll make yeah. paninis. And again, this mm-hmm. is more at home because it would be hard okay. to send to school. Right. But like, since I don't like just plain grilled cheese sandwiches, I want protein in it. I'll mm-hmm. put, you know, a slice of turkey in and then he'll yeah. dip his panini into hummus. Yogurt is great to send. You mentioned cold things. So if you put yes. an ice pack in there, okay. some moms actually freeze yogurt cups or tubes in the freezer, stick it in the lunchbox. Okay. And then it acts as the ice pack for the rest of the lunch and it thaws by lunchtime. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Or you can just take it out of the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. You can put granola on yogurt. You can put berries on yogurt. Okay. Those can be other options. I'm trying to think of sandwich alternatives because he's two years old. So he likes the idea of like a hamburger or a sandwich or something, but I know that it's not the easiest thing for a toddler to eat. So, I mean, do you think I should just go for it and he should just start to learn how to eat sandwiches? Because that feels like the easiest lunch option for him. I think sandwiches are easy lunch options with toddlers. They kind of like when it all sticks together. Yes. And it can't fall out. Right, right. So things that make it stick together. So can he bring nut butters to his school or is it nut free? All the kids actually are allergy-free, so he can bring whatever. So I love nut butters, whether it's a healthy peanut butter, a healthy Mm -hmm. almond butter, Mm -hmm. that on whole grain bread. Okay. It's funny. Two of my kids don't even like jelly. They just like the plain nut butter, and the other one likes jelly. I like jelly, too. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) Um, And so when I do make nut butter sandwiches, they're all different, but that's okay. And I think that's really healthy. You know, a lot of families that commute far to school and the kids are eating breakfast in the car, I will have them do a nut butter sandwich for breakfast with a thermos glass of milk. And that is a really healthy breakfast too. Okay. So nut butter sandwiches are good. You can also um, slice turkey, slice chicken, as you mm-hmm, mentioned, mm-hmm. with cheese or with hummus. And if you melt it or get it to kind of squish down so yeah. it stays together thin, yeah. okay. that's an easy way for him to eat it because it won't fall apart. Okay. And some kids like deconstructed sandwiches. So mm-hmm. you can get a little bento box and you can put, you know, your sliced lean meat, your pieces of cheese, your um, your bread, and they can right. eat them all separately. Okay. All right, good to know. Yeah, I need to start being creative with the lunches. And now a little break to hear from our sponsor. I have been telling you guys a lot about Thrive Market, and that's because I absolutely love it. I'm now having to organize lunches for Sunny, and so Thrive Market has been an amazing resource for me to get awesome snacks, great grocery items for a fraction of the price. It also makes it so easy because I don't actually have to go to the store. They offer the highest quality, healthy, and sustainable products available for every budget, lifestyle, and geography. You can shop for thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Shopping at Thrive Market also means supporting a select group of brands that make the world a better place. I know for me that's super important. You know, we have so many options. It's so important that we are looking for these products that are, you know, non-GMO or eco-friendly, healthy, safe, non-toxic things. Plus, it's all shipped straight to your door. On each product's page, you can see things like why you'll love it, price comparisons to retail, nutritional ingredients, and so much more. And many of the product pages even include the brand's background story and why the product is safe for your family really makes a mom's life easier. It makes me know that the choices I'm making are good choices. You can easily filter their selection by the values that matter the most to you. So if you're paleo or gluten-free, vegan, kosher, 
Whatever it is, you can shop for 90-plus values, also including non-GMO, sustainably farmed, fair trade certified, BPA-free, and more in just one click of a button. So no more sitting in a grocery aisle reading labels because Thrive Market does the homework for you. Another great thing about them is over 98% of their packaging is post-consumer recycled and filled with recycled paper, denim, or newspaper wraps instead of plastic bubbles. So it's 100% zero waste. Keep in mind, Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% off, but now we are giving you an extra 25% off your first order and a free 30-day trial. To get 25% off your first order plus this free 30-day trial, go to thrivemarket.com slash withwit. Again, that's thrivemarket.com slash withwit. Many of you will be going to the grocery store this week, so why not just give Thrive Market a try and shop from your home? Again, for 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial, go to thrivemarket.com slash withwit. And now back to our talk. Like I was saying, milk for us has been something that brings the family together. I mean, he's been getting these bottles before nap and bedtime, so it's just like really nice bonding experiences. Is there any other way we can maintain that? Any other like fun recipes or things that we can do together that incorporate milk so that he's still getting the nutrients, but it's not necessarily just a big bottle before bedtime? Yes. And, you know, doing something fun might be a great way to get him off the bottle. And Mm -hmm. especially if you um, and his dad, you know, I'll I'll do it together. So one of the things that some of my patients do is they make this moon milk, Mm. which is essentially warm milk in a mug or a glass. And then your kids can sort of decorate it with any flavors they like. And that may be a touch of cinnamon, a touch of vanilla, a touch of, you know, honey. And it kind of gives it that little sweet taste. And the warm milk is always so good before bed. You just want to make sure you brush your teeth, you know, as part of the bedtime routine before going to bed. Right. And that's something that, you know, we'll often do in my house, you know, downstairs in the kitchen. Um, One of the other things I just remembered, which is a tip I often give parents on getting rid of the nighttime bottle, but still making sure that their kids are drinking milk to get all those nine essential nutrients Mm -hmm. is moving the bottle of milk from their bedroom to the kitchen, to wherever you eat. So I like to keep food and drinks in the kitchen. So instead you can make it before bedtime routine and whether it's a bottle, a sippy cup, or you're doing a real open cup, which you're going to transition to over the next month as we talk to, you keep it in the kitchen and you do it together as a family. You say cheers and you drink your milk and you read a book or you play your little game before you go upstairs for Mm -hmm. bed. And that way it's separate from bedtime routine. And then you can, you know, go to the room, take your bath, get you ready for bed, brush teeth, and then get into bed read that book and then that last book or song and hugs and kisses from mommy and daddy all over the room in the bed in case he wakes up at night that'll sort of be your bedtime routine and that'll sort of get him off this you know drinking bottle right before going to bed right that's what I need to work on so let's talk about that routine for a second because right now what our routine is he has dinner first um at 6 30 then bath at around seven and then I we turn the lights down and put on some music. I put lotion on, get him ready for bed, read a book. Um, and we haven't, what's so awful. Then we give him the bottle and then we haven't been brushing his teeth before going to bed. And my mom is like, Whitney, this is awful. (laughs) This is embarrassing. Um, so this is good. So basically what you say I should be doing is do dinner, do milk time with dinner, and then do bath, brush teeth, 
do the book and, and nighttime routine, but just essentially take the bottle out of that process. But the rest of the process is okay. Exactly. So what I would do is I would say, you know what, Sunny, we're going to start a new bedtime routine yeah. and it's going to be really fun. Make it so exciting. And um, Yes. And lay it out so that way kids know what's coming. Okay. So if dinner happens right before your bedtime routine, because he's going to sleep early, it sounds like, which is amazing. Yeah. I he goes to sleep at 7.30 every sleep. night. Yes. And that gives you time too with your husband. A hundred percent. Yeah. Time to sit on the couch and watch TV <laughs> and decompress. Yeah, so I would have dinner, you know, when everybody has their milk. And then, you know, you can say, okay, in five minutes, we're going to start bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. And that can be going into the bathroom and getting ready for bed. Mm -hmm. And you just tell them what's going to happen. We're going to take a bath. We're going to brush our teeth. Mm -hmm. We're going to read two books. Because otherwise, they'll keep asking for more, right? Right. So one of the things parents will say is, you know, I put them in bed, and then they ask for water. Or then they ask for one more book. And I'll say, okay, you're going to roll that into your bedtime routine. So your bedtime routine is going to have the water. It's going to have the two books. It's going to have the hugs and kisses. And then everything is done. Got it. And then it's lights out and good night. Yes. And I think it's so great when you can get kids sleeping through the night, you know, in their own space at the age that he's at. And it just makes your life so much easier. And it really sets him up for a lifetime of good sleep hygiene habits. Yes. I mean, we have been really rigid about the sleep since he was probably about six months old when we when we actually did the sleep training. And so sleeping has has not been an issue. I mean, sometimes he has early wake-ups, but that's normal. He's human, you know? But generally speaking, he goes to sleep at 7.30 and wakes up around 6.30 or 7. So we're, we're good on that. But it's more about, I think, the routine at night that we need to start adjusting a little bit so that he's one, definitely brushing his teeth before bed and also not relying on, you know, sitting in the chair with me drinking a full bottle like a baby anymore. Exactly. And you can move to sitting, you know, in a chair downstairs near the kitchen and drinking a regular cup of milk and reading a book if that's the routine that you like. Mm -hmm. And it can be still be warm, the milk, right? It can still be warm. Okay. It can still be, you know, easy to drink with a straw or a sippy cup if you want since he'll be in your lap and maybe you don't want him to spill on you. Yeah, but maybe I do like book time and like a sippy cup with warm milk. You can Just, totally do that. Okay. And that can be the start of bedtime routine. Okay. okay. As long as it's not in his room and you still brush his teeth. Right. Perfectly fine if that works for, you know, for you and if he likes it. Okay, good. Okay. That's good. I feel like I have a plan now. I just have to You're get gonna have my to give me feedback on board. I will for sure. Works. I will. So another thing that I wanted to discuss, which I just heard about, was this fun study that looked at posts on Instagram and found that milk actually makes people happier. And, you know, I I obviously can certainly say that I rely on it for my smoothies to feel full and happy, but I didn't know how much milk is actually in our food. And and there's a study, right? An AI study that I wanted you to share with me and, and our uh, listeners. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I thought this was really interesting and kind of exciting too, because if you had asked me what the most common food I saw, you know, on social media was, I'd probably say like avocado toast. Totally. But maybe that's because I live in LA and I do love avocado toast. Yeah, it is delicious. Um, we eat avocados every day in our house. But it actually showed that um, there was a Love What's Real campaign and that one out of four of the 2.75 million hashtag food posts shared on Instagram each month included milk, either a glass alongside a meal or part of the recipe as we talked about with smoothies or baking mm-hmm. or 
whatever it is that you're making. And um, and that was really cool and that the posts with milk were considered happier posts. So ones that either sh- you know showed people that were smiling, looking happy, loving mm-hmm. with their family, or that it just helped people feel happy. And it was a 25% happier factor, which, you know, is great. I feel like we all need a little bit more happiness and smiling, you know, in our life along totally. with good nutrition. Of course. Sonny has stayed relatively healthy the past two years because he's just been at home a lot. He hasn't been in an environment where there's germs everywhere. So now that he's in school, obviously that's something that we need to think about more because the playground and school can be a breeding ground for germs. So what are some tips you guys have um, to help us parents, you know, sustain healthy kids. <laughs> so going back to school now, my office gets very busy because I'm you're sure. right. When you have all those kids in such a small environment, touching the same things mm-hmm. and then touching their face, mm-hmm. that's how the germs enter their body. So, you know, one thing is everyone asks me, how do I not get sick all day long? And I say, well, I don't touch my face all day. Right. So, you know, with young kids, this is very hard to do. But with older kids, I'll teach them, always wash your hands before you rub your eyes, Yeah. you know, wipe your nose, rub your nose. Um, eat because that'll keep the germs from getting into your body. But with younger kids, that's not always possible. So if the teachers can get them in the routine of before lunch, washing your hands, sanitizing your hands, Mm -hmm. of course, after you use the bathroom, when you come in from playing, that will really help. Okay. Other things that are important is making sure that your child is getting enough sleep, getting good nutrition, as we Mm -hmm. talked about. So plenty of fresh fruits and veggies, protein, all those vitamin C-rich Foods are really important going into going into the winter. Keeping their immune system strong. So those yeah. little cuties and oranges and, and all of that as well. Um, you know, healthy vitamin D and protein every day, making sure that they're getting exercise and they're not just getting worn out and exhausted. Right. And then also, you know, talking to your pediatrician, flu vaccines are recommended for everyone six months and older is the okay. best way to prevent catching the flu. Mm-hmm. And then when your kids are sick, keep them home so they don't spread their germs. Right. So, you know, teach them to cough into their elbow instead of their hand so that way they're not touching things. Also, wipe off surfaces. So, you know, I'm always talking to preschool teachers about cleaning the toys, cleaning the desks, Mm -hmm. cleaning the doorknobs, those things where germs stay because a lot of germs can live for, you know, 24 hours on a surface. So if your son, you know, walks over and touches a desk or a doorknob that someone touched a few hours before and then he, you know, goes and wipes his nose, he's going to get sick. Right. And so you just have to kind of be mindful of all of those things. And then when kids are sick, you know, resting, making sure they drink plenty of fluids, they Mm -hmm. stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when I really also, you know, focus on the nutrition and appropriate vitamins and supplements to help their immune system. Right. And when your child, you know, is sick at that age, at, you know, two or three or four, you know, often it's more how they're acting than the number on the thermometer. So right. often parents will call me and say, oh my gosh, he has 102 fever. And I'll say, okay, well, you know, how's he acting? It's like, you didn't hear me, it's 102. Like, well, you know, do I try not to get freaked out about the number. It's right. more, are they, you know, acting normal? Are they eating? Are they drinking? So if your child is acting really lethargic, if they're not acting normal, if they have a horrible cough, trouble breathing, anything that makes them look really sick, then you want to reach out to your pediatrician. Okay. Sonny's only two, so he's still in diapers. We have a little mini potty for him to kind of get used to and he can sit on when he feels like maybe he needs to go or pretend or whatever it is, just so he feels comfortable with the toilet. What are some other steps we can take to make him start to feel comfortable going 
to the bathroom on a toilet? And also, what is the age that we should really actively start potty training? So those are great questions. And now that he's around two is the time to start talking about it. Okay. Um, you can let him, you know, go in the bathroom and watch you or dad go to the bathroom and yes. use use words and vocabulary that you're going to want him to repeat. Yes. And that could be, you know, Sonny just went pee or poop, or it could be number one, number two. Just be right. careful because he will repeat that yes. at the grocery store. <laughs> he's starting to do that already. <laughs> and so the first step is really just getting him aware that these are like bodily functions and that it goes in the toilet and that you flush the toilet and you wash your hands. So he sees you doing it. Also, so in order to actually use the potty, he has to be able to sense that he needs to go, hold it to get to the potty and get it in the potty. Okay. So some kids are ready at age two and some kids aren't until three. Right. And that's okay. And so I usually tell parents, you know, if you wait until your child is showing those readiness signs, which might be hiding behind the couch when he needs to go. Okay. um, Or making a face or saying, mommy, change my diaper or bringing you a clean diaper when you He's dirty because he's uncomfortable. Those are signs that he's sort of ready to start learning. And if you wait until they're ready, you can do it in a long weekend or a week. Right. But if you start too young, sometimes you're working on it for months. Right. So, um, so I think you're doing the right thing by exposing him to it. Right. Um, you can also have him sit on the little potty and read a book. Mm-hmm. Now, some parents always ask me, is it better to use a little potty or is it better to use a potty insert in a stool on a mm-hmm. big potty? Mm-hmm. And that's really a personal decision. Okay. You know, whatever step you use is going to be another transition step to, to change in the future. So sometimes I like to use a potty insert with a stool Got it. because that way you don't have to, in six months, get him used to going from the little potty to the big potty. Right. But you know what? Some kids like the little potty. That's mm-hmm. okay. If you're going straight to the big potty, make sure there's a stool. I don't know if you've ever tried to poop with your feet off the ground. <laughs> it's very challenging. So you want something for them to push on. Got it. Okay. One thing that I do feel very strongly about, though, is that you keep the bathroom activity in the bathroom. So the mm-hmm. little potty stays in the bathroom. So I'm not a fan of putting the little potty in front of the TV no. or in the playroom or even Ooh. in the back of your minivan mm-hmm. because then it gets kids used to going potty in all sorts of different locations, right. which really doesn't need to happen and isn't sanitary. And so really it should happen Just in the bathroom. Just confuses them too. Yes. And then right. again, it's another step you have to get used to when they're at the park. Like, mommy, where's the potty in your minivan? Right. Like, <laughs> just, okay, well, let's go. Let's learn how to use the potty at the park. Right. Right. Okay. That is really helpful. I We just renovated his bathroom. So I think what would be good is to get the insert so he can be excited about using this new toilet with the insert and the stool and everything. Yeah. And um, you can make the toilet a little lower so it's easier for him okay. and maybe a, a soft flush. Okay. You also want to make sure that the seat um, has a soft close because with little boys, when they start peeing standing up, you don't want anything that's going to slam down and, ah. you know, catch them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that sounds like a great routine and then okay. a lot of praise. And when you do decide you're ready to go for it and get rid of those diapers and move forward, pick a week where you stay home and you don't okay. go anywhere Okay. and just follow him around. So that way you can catch that success, catch him, you know, going in the potty. Right. The other tip I have is make sure his stools are super soft. Okay. So that means lots of fruit, yes. lots of fluids, um, prunes are your best friend. Okay. Because if it's more firm or hard and it hurts, um, he'll hold on to it. Yeah. And he won't want to go. Yeah. And that will just make the cycle even, even harder. Okay. So if you do start to potty train, you recommend being home for a weekend or a week. 
which is kind if of... If you can, I, yeah. I think it's going to set you up for better success because mm-hmm. what you want is you want your child to have a happy, positive experience. You want to make a big deal out of it with a stamp or sticker on their hand and a potty yeah. dance and yay. Right. And if you're like, okay, we're potty training now. Oh, now we're going to put a bulb on and run to the store. Oh, now we're going to do this. It right. just really confuses that. Yes. I know. My mother-in-law said she did it in a weekend with my sister-in-law and she just had her be naked the whole weekend and I love they that. got it done. Yeah. And then once you've had success at home, you can move to a relative or a neighbor's house to use the potty mm-hmm. to have a play date and try to use their potty. And then when you start going out and venturing out to the mall or to a park, you have to know where all the potties are. Right. Everywhere. Right. Because when they have to go, they got to go. Right. And you want them to have a, a bathroom available. Right. Okay. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited that you were able to come today. Thank you so much for all of this important info. Where can anybody listening read more about you, learn from you? Thank you for having me on, Whitney. This was so fun. Um, so I'm the founder of Calabasas Pediatrics Wellness Center. Okay. So you can find me there, drtanya.com, calabasaspedswellness.com. And I have a lot of information about raising healthy kids and nutrition. And I know we talked a lot here about nutrition and especially the nutritional benefits in milk. Yes. So for more information on milk incorporating it into your child's diet and a lot of fun recipes, you can visit milklife.com. Okay. Amazing. And the books, you said you had books, right? I do. And I am going to bring them for you. So what to feed your baby, Okay, baby and toddler basics. Okay. And then I also have a new book coming out in a few months and I'm the editor in chief of the American Academy of Pediatrics bestselling parenting book. Caring for Your Baby and Young Child Birth to Age 5. And it's really kind of a gold standard parenting Bible that incorporates everything that you need to know, the latest and greatest. And we update and edit it every five years. Okay. And it's going to be being early released to thousands of pediatricians around the country at our National American Academy Pediatrics Conference in New Orleans this October. And then it will be available for parents everywhere. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. You can let me know what you thought of this episode or anything more you want to hear about. Thanks. Peace in the streets.